verse 4 and 5. I just want to read those, those two verses. It says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and in his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Isn't that cool? Are you okay with my accent? This is, my, this is actually my neutralized Australian accent. You want me to speak my real Australian accent? G'day, how you going out there? And uh, ripper of a day here. And uh, No, no, I'll go back to neutralize. After both services actually passed a couple this morning, someone came up to me and said, I didn't understand a word you said. So, uh, and I said to them, what did you say? No, no, no. It's, uh, I understand. I understand. But anyway, I can't change that much. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. In the Bible, the Old Testament, gates were a place where the entrance of the city was a place of, the, of, of an entrance. It was a door. It was a place where the elders sat, where, where decisions were made. It was all at the gate. The gate speaks of opportunities. It speaks of potential. I believe we need to enter this gate, what gate? New Year's Day with thanksgiving in our hearts. Amen. And we enter his courts. That courts is where we live. We dwell. The Bible says in John 14 that Christ comes and dwells with us. The Message Bible says God comes and basically makes our life like his lounge room. Isn't that good? God wants to be with us, be at home. So enter gates, enter opportunities with thanksgiving, and then dwell with God with praise. What a great way to live. I think if we live like this, we will live happy and we will live blessed lives. Matthew 7, 7 about gates. It says this, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. You like that scripture? Yeah. Oh, that was pretty bad. Yeah. You like that scripture? Yeah. Awesome scripture. Awesome. Not awesome. 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 Okay, everyone say awesome. awesome. That's it. Now we're understanding each other. Ask and it will be given to you. Now, all these verses, all these um, verbs in the original language, in the Amplified Bible, it will have it there, are continuous tenses. In fact, most Christian activity words of the New Testament are continuous tenses. In other words, not just ask, but ask and keep on asking. Ask and keep on asking. It says in, in your Amplified Bible, and it will be given to you. Seek and keep on seeking, and you will find. Knock and keep on knocking and the door, the gate that we're going to enter through will be open to you. And um, that doesn't make them a Christian, but that's just funny. And, and I don't believe in God, but God said, ask. And this scripture is powerful. Just keep on asking. New doors, new opportunities, whatever. 2012, come on, keep those prayers. Keep your vision strong. Amen. Isaiah 22 says this, verse 24. I will pla- this is speaking of Jesus. I will place on his shoulder the key to the house of David. What he opens, no one can shut. What a great scripture. What Jesus opens, no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. And I think this is just such a great way to live our lives, to think, you know, I'm going to pray and believe and open, and God's going to open the doors that are right. And even some of those shut doors is the right door. In other words, if God is shutting a door that should not be opened, then let it be shut. But then God says, open the doors, walk through with thanksgiving in your hearts, okay? We're coming into a new season. Acts 3.19 says this, repent 
Then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. What a great scripture. Times of refreshing. This says to me, who've been saved now for 32 years, got saved when I was 19, I'm now 52, 32 years of walking with Jesus, 32 years, the, the, the encouraging thing for me after walking with Jesus for 32 years are, there's still more. Come on, right? There's still more times of refreshing. If anyone is saying they're getting bored or tired of the things of God, I will, I, you need to get back to a place of expectancy, a place of seeking, and you'll find a place of, come on, there's always more. The best is yet to come. I've been saved 32 years, and I love saying to young people, I love saying to you, hey, no matter what you've experienced, there's always more. There's always more healing. There's always more deliverance. There's always more Holy Spirit power. There's always more joy. I'm saying it to you today. There's always more. Don't ever be one of those Christians that look at young people and say, oh, one day you'll be in old and hard as I am. And uh, uh, that's what Australians say, not Americans, all right? So... Uh, one day, but no, no, don't ever be like that. Be a sort of Christian that says there's going to be times of refreshing. Just like periodically here over the weekend, there's been this rain. No one can hear what I'm saying. You know, it's like, it's like that. You don't know when it's going to come next, but there's going to be times of rain from heaven on your lives. You believe that? That's so awesome. Hallelujah. There's going to be a new day. The Bible talks about a new day, the power of a new day. Lamentations 3.22 says this, Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for His compassions or His mercies never fail. They are new. What does it say? I pray I'll be a blessing to some doctor or some nurse. I pray uh, I pray for opportunities. I, I pray to be a, a vessel used by you. And uh, Amen. And I went out to do my job. And, you know, some days were pretty ordinary, and you know that. You know, not every day is an extraordinary day. In fact, a lot of days are not extraordinary days. But living in the expectation today could be an extraordinary day makes life better. It really does. The revelation that today is a new day and I want to walk in the new day with, with a sense of newness is a great way to live our Christian lives. If we come to a new year and we think, oh, it's just another year, it's just another, oh, just another message about a new year, then we might be missing on the refreshing that we need in order to walk through, through the new doorway with thanksgiving in our hearts. Are we okay here? Is my accent all right? We're okay? G'day. And uh, <laughs> any of you have seen Nemo? Just think of Bruce the shark, all right? And uh, fish are friends. And uh, I don't know where that came from. Forgive me. Um, it's a new day. And uh, <laughs> they're new every morning. I have friends here today, honestly, if we can get this revelation every morning, uh, that it's a new day. It's a new day. Our lives will be awesome. It's a new hour. And I'm using Psalm 31:15 from the Message Bible. And there's a reason why I want to use this. I'll explain it in a minute. It just says, hour by hour, I place my days in your hands. That doesn't even make sense in terms of grammar, but hour by hour, I place my days in your hands. Hour by hour. You know, sometimes is a hard day, and we need to actually have that revelation that it's not going to be that easy, and we need to constantly just say, God, I, I bring my life back to you again. And it's been another, another hard hour. And Lord, I, that's what it was like for us just after the earthquake 
in March last year. We, uh, we were living in the city of Tokyo and uh, the earthquake, which in Tokyo was above 7, was about 7.2 in Tokyo. That's a big earthquake for a major city and skyscrapers. And not one building fell down in Tokyo. Unbelievable. But we live in an apartment. My, uh, my wife and I live uh, on the 33rd floor and my wife was up there on the 33rd floor. I was in our office that day and Friday's her day off. She does power walking and goes home and she just got home and had a shower, put her clothes on, and then bam, the, the shaking. Our apartment is meant to move. It's meant to move. That's how it, it, if, it was, if it was solid and, and fixed, that's why it would come down. And so it through the streets through the night. And we were out in the streets. I was out trying to get home too. So I was one of them. And um, uh, it was just, it was just it, creepy. It was just the most amazing thing. But, but there was no crime. There was not one crime act in Tokyo that night. Isn't that amazing? And so the Japanese are able to cope in those situations. I didn't get home till four in the morning. So that was over 12 hours later. Uh, I didn't know if my wife and kids were alive till about three hours after the incident. It was really, really painful, really, really hard. Soon after that, the the gas stopped from the petrol stations, gas stations. Uh, The food flew off the shelves, panic buying, the water was gone. Worst of all, toilet paper was gone completely. <laughs> Tissues were gone. And what's a man to use? And, uh, and uh, trains kept starting and stopping. And then there's aftershocks. There was 10,000 aftershocks. Now, an aftershock is an earthquake. And some of them were five and six. Some of them were very large. And so every night, the, the, uh, you know, the, the alarms went off and Japanese word, jushin, jushin, through the loudspeakers, earthquake. And uh, this went on for months. But then, of course, the, uh, the nuclear situation happened and, and nuclear r- r- stuff went in the air and was coming over Tokyo and then it was in the water. And uh, um, six days later, it just kept getting worse and worse. every day was worse news. And uh, on the Thursday night, the, um, the French were the first. The French government said to all the people, get out. Then the British government, then the American government. The American government brought in planes and said, uh, evacuate, evacuate Tokyo. Australian government didn't do anything. Anyway, um, <laughs> except they did send me an email saying, get out now. Thank you very much. <laughs> and um, so <laughs> this scripture, hour by hour, that's when God gave me this scripture. It was a scripture that was for then and it is for now. Hour by hour, I placed my life in your hands. That Thursday night was bad, but the following Friday night, was even worse, and we'd, we'd, we'd evacuated our families out of Tokyo. I was there by myself, my wife and boys. I, I, I moved them to Osaka for about three, three nights. And uh, I just remember, you know, watching the news and trying to sleep a bit, and it was just, you felt a nation was going to die. You felt, you felt, you felt something bad could happen. It was like God, you know, some people say, you know, you're, you're, you're a hero to stay there at that time. It's not about that. It's about, you know, hour by hour. It really is when you get in difficult situations. You know, people afterwards say, it wasn't about, oh, I'm so strong and I got through it. And It's not like that. It's like the next hour, God, I need you now. And, and we got through another hour and God, I need you now. And so this scripture meant a real lot to me. And by the time Saturday morning came, bind us together and do great things. And you know, those Japanese people just started worshiping God. And what they wanted was a word of encouragement. What they wanted to know was that God is in charge and we're going ahead. And friends, that's what people need to know in this world. 
And that happens only as we Christians carry the spirit of enter his gates with thanksgiving in our hearts. And I'm going to live in these courts, dwelling with God with praise. Amen. 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 Isn't that great? And we recovered. We, 300 of our people actually left Tokyo forever. Well, actually a few came back, but most of them forever. Most of those were foreigners. We do have an expat part of our church. And uh, about 200 of our foreigners left. 70 of our people from America left, who we love deeply. And so that was a real, you know, oh, you know, people leaving in the midst of this. And we understood, but it was hard. It was just hard. And since then, God's restored us and grown us and, and all that sort of thing. But you know what? Because we had the spirit of excitement even about the new season. And I said to our church, I said, what is our response to this nation-changing event? I said, our, our response is not to bring causation or what caused it, although Romans 8 says this world is groaning, amen, and the tectonic plates are moving all the time here in Hawaii as well. Every day there's little earthquakes all the time. I got it on my earthquake meter. It says Hawaii, little earthquake. All the time. The whole world is moving. It's not unusual. It's happening. And so, so that's the, the, whatever the cause. But for us who are living, what, we, what I said to our church is we must bring the meaning ourselves. And what is that meaning? The meaning is that we are living in Japan to tell the people of the hope of Jesus, to bring hope, to bring joy, to bring whatever we can as a church and all the other churches, the Hope Chapels and the, the many, many churches in Japan, that together we carry a spirit of excitement that God is able. Wasn't that a great song? God is able. Since that time, a few things have happened. Most of the churches of Japan have risen during this time. Isn't that good? Most of the churches have either sent money or volunteers to do something. Our church, personally, we sent between uh, 10 and 30 people every single week up to the tsunami zone to, to help families. And... Um, it's really hard work. You've got to dig out, you know, you know, dead fish, and and uh, it's just it's just horrible. But but doing that and seeing the Japanese just bowing and, and just and just that's grace. Seeing the Japanese bowing, crying. Actually, some of you might have seen Japanese uh, cartoons or comic books where they cry and the water goes Psh, like that. I've seen it. Now, it doesn't go like a fountain, but it's like someone just goes, closes their eyes and there's water goes, boom. Just this moment of, of, of explosion of tears. It's awesome. It's awesome doing things for people who are thankful, who are so beyond help and they're thankful, saying, without the Christians coming again and again, I don't know how I'd live. With it. It's the Christians that keep coming back. Now, in a problem area of the world, there's a lot of relief organizations that come, and they're all good. Praise the Lord for the secular ones and the Christian ones. But after a season, most of them move to the next thing in the world, which they should. In Japan, the people that kept coming back week after week were, guess who? The Christians. From, from Japan and from the rest of the world, helping week after week. Our young people going up there. I reckon our young Japanese in that church, who I reckon probably about 600 of them have served up there, including my own two boys. Um, I reckon every one of them comes back different. You go up there a week of hard yakka. Do you use that word here? Hard, hard labor. Yakka. 
and uh, it's it's not swearing. It's all right. And uh, hard yakka, and. Uh, and just love it. And by the end of the week, the families that you've helped are cooking little bit barbecue things for you and, and you're singing songs to Jesus with them and, and you're praying together with them. And these people have never heard of Jesus before that week. I'm not saying they're becoming Christians right there, but something is happening. I believe they will become Christians. And, uh, and our team are, are working hard and here's the people bowing and crying and, and, and this whole, whole grace thing happening. And, and our team comes back to Tokyo after a hard week, hard yakka, and, uh, and they're just rejoicing. They're just, just so happy. Thank you, God, that I had a chance to bless some people. My wife came out of uh, uh, a room not long after, and she said, why don't we send young Japanese who have suffered on homestay to our friends around the world? And I, I'm, I'm a visionary sort of guy, but I'm not a really great organizer at high levels of administration. And I said, that's just too big. That's huge. Homestay and getting, it's just, it's just. And uh, so I rang my friend who is the New Zealand ambassador to Japan. He's in our church. Great man of God. Ian, I respect and we sent you 12 of these young people and uh, you just gave them grace you okay here what's happened here you just gave them grace they couldn't speak English they couldn't really relate much but you know what they could understand the presence of God they could understand love they could understand grace after a while most of them were very quiet inhibited and I heard I heard some of the story from you this weekend um, how their homestay mum uh, Molly and the family just loved them and and some of you met them and loved them but they were so quiet and couldn't communicate and and, and most of these young young people who, who'd lost so much had never cried now that's strange to us westerners we think that's very odd but the Japanese so stoic you know, they do with this. And they're sort of like, it's okay. And we, which we saw on the TV. But it's not, it is real. I mean, they can respond like that, but it's not a catharsis. It's not a release. And so I heard that when those young people were here, Bob and some of the other leaders said, it's okay if you let it go. And all of a sudden there was a moment. Some of you remember that? There was a moment, there was a release of crying. And for the first time they'd cried over the loss of their parents or the loss of their sister or the loss of their home. For the first time, here. And, uh, and then uh, someone talked to Yuna and she said, I want to become a Christian. And she, she became a Christian here. Um, and she went home to Molly. She was, and Molly was telling me the rest of the story that she comes in the door, runs up to her, says, Mama Molly, uh, I love Jesus or something. And then she said, and then she looked at her dictionary. She was trying to look at the word Christian. She said, tonight I became a Catholic. <laughs> that's okay because catholic means universal right so a universal believer in jesus christ so praise the lord anyway what a funny story and um and, and from that moment she just she was baptized here and now she is leading other homestay people to jesus every week give the lord a hand come on Another thing happened after the tsunami was that we needed, we needed a new Bible translation in Japanese. The one we've got is fine, but it's like King James. It's, it's fine, no problem. But the young Japanese cannot read the kanji, cannot read the, the script. 
and uh, the grammar is extremely distant. So in English, we've got this warm, you know, psalms, I come to you, O God, and you touch me. There's a warmth to the English psalms. The Japanese psalms are more like God who is far away. Come and help me, English. And um, a, good, a good young man, but didn't know what he wanted to do with his future. He actually did, has done his Bible school already at high school, so he's got his, his Bible behind him. He said, Dad, I don't, I don't want to study anymore. I just want to do something for God. I don't know what to do. And when the earthquake happened, it shook him a lot, really did. Shook his, didn't shake his faith, but just shook his perspective of life. And um, the very next week, his class went to Thailand to build a kindergarten. It was the seniors' project to build a kindergarten in a third world nation. In the north of Thailand, there was a very rare occurrence, a large earthquake, 6.8. And things did come down in Thailand all around them. So here, a big earthquake in Thailand. Let's go to Thailand, in Japan. Let's go to Thailand. Hey, kids, it's going to be peaceful. It's going to be quiet. 6.8 earthquake and things coming down. And, and they all ran to the car park, crying, screaming. The same kids have been through both big earthquakes. And Monty led two of his friends to Jesus Christ that night. Yeah. Praise the Lord. And I don't know how these things work, but God just spoke to Monty's heart, said, Monty, I want you to go to Sapporo, be part of a new church plant in Sapporo and serve me there. So Monty came back with a real word from God. He wanted to serve God in our Sapporo church in the north. And, and uh, he didn't go there to be the music director, but he's now the music director of our new church. And uh, that's pretty cool, isn't it? Hey? And... Um, He's just loving serving God. You know, if we have the attitude, enter whatever gates they are, I'm going to enter those gates with thanksgiving, and then I'm going to be living with these courts with praise. I'm going to be saying, for the Lord is good, and His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. You want to help me up here with the music? Thanks, guys. I believe as we enter this new season, church, we should enter with the most amazing sense of anticipation ever. Amen. And I believe that what we should do is think about the good things of the past. I told you about my salvation 32 years ago, and I'll, I'll, I'll bring that with me. And I'm talking about some of the healings that God has given me. And I, and I want to bring that with me. And, and some, of the, some of the words from God, some of the prophetic words, some of the, I, I want to get all, I, I want to think about the good things of the past. Amen. Not forgetting, the Bible says in Psalm 103, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me. Bless His holy name, and forget not all His benefits. Who heals me, saves me, sets my feet upon the rock. Don't forget. It says in Deuteronomy, when God brings you into blessing, don't forget the Lord that brought you into the blessing. Hold the sense of thankfulness for the good things. What do I do with the bad things? Got to leave it behind somehow. And some some of the good things there. Some of you might think about it, there was a season in my life that was so brilliant. Season in the church that was brilliant. That's all good. Bring that too. Bring those memories as well. No problem. But don't let those be a limit to what God's going to do in the future. Bring them through. This is my exhortation. Bring them through the gates with thanksgiving in your heart and see what the Lord will do. If you want to live that sort of life in 2012, with that expectation, with that spirit, would you lift your hand right now? We're going to pray. Lord, I pray. I pray you help us all, Lord, in the good days and the bad days. We're just going to make decisions to enter your gates with thanksgiving. I pray, Lord, we would think about and hold dearly the good things. 
the healings, the salvation, the, the blessings, the, the financial blessings, the friendships, the whatever, Lord, we bring them with us. But let us enter the gate now with thanksgiving, a new season, excitement for a new season with you. Excitement with you, Lord God. Thinking about visioning, missioning about the future. God, who can we bless? What can we do? How can we help? What, how can we give grace gifts? What can we, how can we be a part of your great world? In our, in our life, in our, in our jobs, let this be an amazing year, Lord. No matter what's gone before, an amazing year. In our family, just like with Dawn's testimony, Lord, we want, we want breakthroughs with families. God, help us to see the future with you. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give him a hand, shall we, church? And just, just finally, I just want to ask anyone who would like to respond to have God, have Jesus come into your life right now. He loves you so much. He died on the cross, rose again. He is, he is just, he's just loving you. I remember 32 years ago, him drawing me. I felt the power of his draw, of his pull. It was irresistible at the end. I felt, God, I, I don't want to give up my sin necessarily, but I just need you so much. And it doesn't mean you're in a, in a terrible, sinful situation, but right now you're just a, there's a pull towards God, His love. Or maybe you've been away from God, you want to come back. This is a great moment. Don't waste another year without Jesus and His will, of, and His will over your life. He says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for good and a future and not for evil. Coming back into His will. Just while every eye's closed. If you'd like to pray for you right now, I'm just going to pray for you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm just going to pray for you that God would come into your life and fill you with His love right now. If that is you, you're saying yes to Jesus or yes, I want to come back. Would you lift your hand right now? And I'll pray for you. Lord, you just change them now. Fill them with blessing. Peace of God. Let them just now live out of this incredible sense of mission and destiny with you. Pray for your blessing upon them. In Jesus' wonderful name. And everybody said... Amen. Come on, let's give another hand. I uh, just just 30 seconds more. I'm finished. I just want to say to Hope Chapel, I just say, I feel this is your best year ever. If we decide, if we agree with what God says, it's going to happen. Amen. And uh, your history has been incredibly rich. You're famous, basically. Isn't that good? Bring that too. But a new season means a new season. And I just really would just say to the church, just, just go with what God is doing. Even though it might be new, it might be different, but that's not leaving the old behind, right? It's saying all of that is a foundation for another generation and another season of blessing. I really feel that over your lives and love you, your mom.